Welcome to the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with Senior Pastor Matt Homeyer. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org. Enjoy the podcast. Before anyone gets concerned, we have a couple props I'm using this morning for the sermon. We're not going to be tipping tables in the temple or doing brood of vipers or anything else this morning. I'm going to set these here. Good morning. Glad y'all are with us today. We're so glad y'all are here. Friends, as we enter this sermon moment, let me pray for us. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this season where we contemplate and prepare to receive the gift of your son. Father, lead us now to prepare our hearts for what we need to receive today, what only you can give. Clear the path of our lives from any obstacles that would get in the way of us hearing a word from you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Friend, this is a season of giving. But it's also a season of receiving. And and it's really receiving I want us to talk about today, but we're going to get there through talking about giving. So if you're thoroughly confused by that statement, hang in there with me. We're going to get there. We're going to talk about giving and receiving. In Acts, Paul quotes Jesus as saying, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And and he's right, of course, and, and we see that this particular time of year more than any other time of year. There's so many types of giving going on this year. You can see it in our own bulletin. We're asking for end of the year tithes and offerings, and we're asking for a capital campaign. We're asking for, for global mission offering, and we're, we're trusting in your, your generosity of spirit, but it's, it's not just us. Every nonprofit and ministry that you know of is looking for end of the year giving to to help their uh, fund their ministries through the year. If you walk into virtually any Walmart or mall or store, there's there's bell ringers out there, right? Asking for a little bit for Salvation Army. If you are watching TV, listening to the radio, driving around, virtually every commercial is is talking about a a can drive or a coat drive or, or this drive, that drive. It's a season where almost everyone gives more than usual. It's an interesting cultural phenomenon this type of year that really spans whether you are religious or not, whether um, you are wealthy or not, regardless of what time of the country or part of the country you live in. And in this culture, we're not a real generous people as a whole, but, but this time of year, we are more generous than any other time of year. It's fascinating. Most also give to friends and families and Boy, you know, it is. We love these stories of generous giving. I think that's why Dickens' famous novella, The Christmas Carol, has just not let go. It continues to be remade. It's been told and retold from everyone to, from Jim Carrey to, to Mickey Mouse has had their, their shot at telling this story of the Christmas Carol. We love that on Christmas, even miserly old Scrooge comes alive and gives. The Methodist bishop, the Methodist pastor, now retired William Williman, 
be spoken here at this church before. He has some interesting things to say about this. He says that Dickens' The Christmas Carol has done more to form our practice of Christmas than Luke's story of Christ's birth. It's one of those things I read this week, I've read before, that just kind of stops you in your tracks and makes you think. That Christmas Carol, really culture-wide, does more to figure into our celebration of Christmas than Luke's story of the birth. Luke tells us of God's gift to us. Dickens tells us how we can grow to give to others. Willeman says Dickens favors our favorite image of ourselves and our society, benevolent, generous, but also powerful also in control, also able to do something for others. Willeman goes on and suggests that we are better givers than receivers. That most of us, while it is better to give than receive, most of us would rather be in the position of the giver rather than receiver because there is some power to that. It's more in control. We're less helpless. We're less dependent on others. And he begs us to think about this. He said, we would rather wear ourselves out this time of year giving than be forced to realize this is a season where we are only meant to be receivers of God's great gift to us. It's a harsh critique. But I do think it's worth stopping in all of our generosity and all of our giving and, and weigh our heart in giving. If we're honest, if I'm honest at least, I won't speak for you. We confess that giving sometimes can be about us if we allow it. How it makes us, the giver, feel. Giving can exert control. Have you ever received that gift for Christmas that was really an obligation. <laughs> it was really, I will tell this story, I won't say the person in my family or say whether it actually happened or not. There had been a family member that might've gained a little weight over the previous year and were given by a grandparent, a pedometer. You know, that's, that measures your steps. You know what a pedometer measures your steps. A little hint there, it's like giving someone a treadmill. Uh, not maybe the most generous gift, maybe about a little bit of control in their life. But this sermon is not about giving, it's about receiving. And let me suggest this, as we all weigh our own hearts, are we generous givers or are we givers that, that perhaps have gotten uh, out of line, out of skewed just a bit? Let me suggest that obviously giving is very important. In fact, generosity, sacrificial generosity, we talk about it a lot around here. It's essential, not just this time of year, but at all times in the life of a believer. This is the life to which we are called, sacrificial generosity. But to learn how to give, we must first cultivate a spirit that knows how to receive. And it's in receiving well, it's in receiving generously that the heart is cultivated that's able to give generously of our time, of ourself, of our love, of grace, of mercy, of all of these good things. Receiving is, is humbling. Receiving is difficult for many of us. Anybody else in that club with me? Receiving is difficult. In fact, some of you exemplify this. Some of you that will be the first to show up at a hospital to care for someone, the first to call when someone is need, will be the absolute last 
to let someone know you're in the hospital or you are sick or you are in need. We struggle with receiving. A real generous gift can be difficult to receive. This is one of my favorite gifts I've ever received. Again, don't, don't worry. I wasn't a great baseball player, but I won't smash anything while we were up here. Uh, several years ago at Christmas, this is a bat, if you cannot tell, or for those watching at home that can't quite see it. It is, uh, Kelly surprised me with this. Kelly and the kids a few years ago, I had always wanted a bat for my office. If you see in my office and I'm talking on the phone, I'm often holding this bat, not because I'm mad, just because I need something to do with my hands. And it is, they had it made, they knew I wanted it. And so they worked with my dad to cut a piece of mesquite wood from our farm in Kennedy and had a friend who was a woodworker work this bat and surprised me with Christmas, at Christmas with this bat. So it's from the land that, that, that from Kennedy that my grandfather had, my great grandfather had, the land that I had helped with and worked that we still were there yesterday, deer hunting, a land I love, a sport I love, something I love. It was a gift unlooked for. It was a gift that was creative. It was a gift with love of me in mind, and it stopped me in my tracks. I mean, how do you say thank you for something like this? How do you show your, your affection and appreciation? There were no words that were good enough for a gift like this, and I treasure it. Well, treasure it always. And it makes you, when you receive a gift like this, want to give as well, want to share that feeling with others, want to love people well enough to understand them and give something that they would treasure, that they need, that they, they want. Giving like this, receiving like this, begets greater giving and receiving. Receiving equips us to give. And if we look at the Christmas story that the Gospels tell, particularly in Luke, we humans, with all of our power, with all of our cleverness, with, with our competence and capabilities, have so little to do with the story. Yeah, humans are there in the story, but the action is not really theirs. Uh, we only receive what God has to give in this Christmas story. As Luke tells it, we see that the gift God has prepared to give creation is so strange so wonderful, so beyond the bounds of human imagination, what we were looking for, that God must resort to, to angels and pregnant virgins and stars in the sky to get it done. You know, in other times, when God chose to do a big thing in the world, to give to creation, to reveal part of God's self to creation, he used humans in, in really integral, important ways over lots of time. I mean, to start a nation and choose a people, God used Abraham and, and the plan was dependent on Abraham's obedience for a long time. Abraham was really involved in this and Abraham screwed it up and argued with God and talked with God and, and they kind of consulted with one another. And, and it was years, decades really before this plan came to fruition, but it was very human all along the way to deliver God's people out of slavery and get them to the promised land. God used Moses and God was in conversation with Moses and Moses argued with God and Moses changed God's mind. And it's a 80 year story of Moses struggling and, and leading and, and failures and faults and successes and divine encounters. But again, the plan hinged on Moses continuing to be faithful, very involved, obedient over a long period of time. 
but in the Christmas story. All of the action is on the part of God. The most active role a human agent plays is when Mary acquiesces to the angel and says, may it be as you have said. Joseph agrees to wed Mary, to be sure, but that is really a bit of a side note to the main action of the story. Mary goes through the ups and downs of pregnancy and delivers the baby, which is no small thing, but it's also not rare. It's God who is at work. God who prepares the gift. God who sends angelic messengers to Mary to tell her she's going to have a baby. To Joseph to tell him that Mary's going to have a baby. To Zechariah, to, to the shepherds to tell them a baby has been born. God arranges the heavens so a star can shine just right at just the right time and prepare the way for the shepherds and wise men. The work of God, this revelation of God's life, this gift is different than anything that God has done before. All creation had to do was sit back and wait and receive what God had to give, this divine gift. But this gift of God was strange. I mean, for centuries, we've been Isaiah the last few weeks. For centuries, Isaiah and other prophets had talked of a baby that was to be born, that would bring the peace of God's peace to God's people. The people waited for a baby to be born. Yeah, but it wasn't the baby. It was the person the baby would grow up to be. Messiah was going to be a prophet, king, a warrior, peace bringer, all rolled into one. It wasn't the baby that was the point. It was the person the baby would grow to be. They didn't seem to expect anything very special about the baby itself. They had a long list of things they prayed for, but a baby that was God in the flesh wasn't on the list. Too good, too strange, too much. Jesus is the gift that we didn't exactly ask for and don't quite know what to do with. Have you ever received one of those gifts? That gift that you didn't really ask for and you don't really know what to do with. I have a kooky, had a kooky great uncle named Alan who was a lifetime bachelor as my grandmother's uh, brother. And, and he showed up at Christmas and several different times through the years. He lived about an hour away in Victoria and had any number of odd jobs. And, and he was just known for weird gifts. And on one of our last Christmases with Uncle Alan, I had just finished my doctorate work. And a couple, we have five cousins, uh, three of us had kind of finished something big in school in our career and Uncle Alan made a big deal that he had gifts for the grandkids. It turns out he only had gifts for three grandkids, not five, which was hilarious to the three of us who got him and we still joke about. And what he gave us at uh, 28, no, I was in my early 30s, 34, was a trophy. Anyone get a trophy in their 30s? I did. And I had graduated from George W. Truett, so it says George W. Truett Theological Seminary. Dr. Matt and Kelly Holmeyer, and that was the extent of the gift. Not asked for. <laughs> I don't really know what to do with this gift, but Uncle Alan sure enjoyed giving it. In his kooky mind, this was the height of what he could afford. It was the height of honor. 
It was something he wanted to bless the grandkids who had accomplished something that year with. He didn't have kids. He didn't have grandkids. We were his family. And so he spent something like $8.95 probably at the local trophy shop to have this made. And it sits pride of place in my office to remind me of Uncle Alan, to remind me not to take myself too seriously, to remind me someone at some point, regardless of what the church thinks on any given day, someone thought I was worthy of a trophy, you know, and that's really a, a wonderful, a wonderful thing. I didn't ask for it. I didn't know what to do with it. But years later, I treasure it. It's special. God has a long history of giving people things that they weren't exactly asking for, and we don't always know what to do with. I mean, his gifts are often strange and radical, inconvenient. Saul prays for a warrior to defeat Goliath, and God sends him this little shepherd boy, David, with a slingshot. Samuel's told he's going to go anoint a new king. Works his way down the list of impressive brothers to the runty youngest one. This kind of gift, this answer to prayer, seems to be the norm for how God works. God loves to hit a straight lick with a crooked stick, as they say, to, as we talked about this summer, to use the unlikeliest of people in the unlikeliest of ways to bring about great good in the world. The people had prayed for deliverance. They prayed for, for freedom from Roman rule, they, for, for hope to end their suffering, for a human king who would rule a new Jewish nation. And God sent himself in the form of a baby, very quietly. No one even really knew about it except for a coveted few. What were they supposed to do with that? What are we supposed to do with that? It's not always easy to be on the receiving end of God's love or anyone's love, given generously, given genuinely, giving in big amounts. God will give what God will give. To be sure we can pray, to be sure we, we can listen, to God and Jesus tells us God hears our prayers and listens to our prayers and, and sometimes we hear answers to our prayers. We hear responses or sense responses, but overall God is going to do what God is going to do. God is going to give us, grant us, grace us what God is going to give us. Often it is the gift we weren't exactly looking for and don't know what to do with exactly. Sometimes the gift the gift is harder than it seems it should be. Sometimes the gift is greater than it seems like we deserve. But we're in the position only of receiving what God has to give. That position of being a receiver, of receiving, is, leaves no room for pride or arrogance. It leaves no room for power or control. All we can really do with our lives in this life is to receive them as God gives. That's the lesson of Mary and Joseph in every character, really, in this story of Christ's birth. All of them, but particularly Mary and Joseph, they receive the gift they never would have asked for. They aren't sure what to do with. 
but they recognize in this child the gift beyond all value. They recognize the hope of the world in his cries and before that in the voice of an angel and they adjust all of their lives, all of their future, every bit of who they are, they adjust to this gift they have received because it was the gift of God for them. Often, the way God loves us is with those gifts we didn't know we needed, which often transform us into people we weren't planning on becoming. Yet, this is God's will for us, God's path for us, the gift God gives us. Look back on your life and who you are now. What came along at different chapters that you weren't looking for, that you weren't ready for, that you weren't expecting, that now as you look back, you can see the hand of God there. You can not imagine your life any other way. You see blessing where you only thought there was trouble once upon a time. It's good to give, necessary, necessary for God's people to give. But the real call of God's people at Christmas is to receive to receive the gift of God's Son. God has prepared and given us good news. No, great news of supremely greatest joy. God has come into the world. And with the birth of this baby, hope floods into our lives, a flash flood of grace and love. All is changed because Jesus was born. Our calling, our goal, our purpose in this life, this season and all seasons is to receive this gift of God and be changed, to live in light of this gift. For when we really, truly, deeply have received this gift that is greater than anything we could have hoped for, we can't help but become generous givers as a result. Receiving a gift like this changes us in a way, so much more than receiving that beautiful gift of a bat. You want to share this. You want to bless others as God has blessed us. You want to show unbounded love and grace and mercy and forgiveness as we have received it in this gift of Christmas. We become agents of justice and rec reconciliation and grace and peace wherever we go. Church, May you allow the delight of God's gift to you, his gift to us, to seep into the deepest hidden parts of your soul until no tiniest part of what makes you, you is left unconverted, until nothing of your life is left unsurrendered. You are completely in love with Jesus. And through receiving this gift of Jesus, may we give ourselves of our time, of our resources, of our love in sacrificial, generous ways that further the kingdom of God. Let me pray for us. God, we who love to be in control, we struggle to receive, we confess this. In a season of giving, in a season of blessing, God, refine our hearts. 
to ensure that all the gifts we give are gifts of love and mercy and grace that are given freely and joyously and generously because we have been transformed by the gift of your son. Help us to prepare to receive this gift, this marvelous gift again this year. In your name we pray, amen. We hope you enjoyed your segment of the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with senior pastor, Matt Homeyer. Join us next week for another segment. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org.